Welcome to Daddy Oxcord. This is your host, Deja Guillermo. And today on this episode, I wanted to talk about being a hater, gossip and its applications, and the nuances of criticism versus simply being hateful. Why do I want to talk about this? I feel like now more than ever, we are overwhelmed with information about each other. It used to be that people only existed in your mind based off of what you heard and what you experienced in in in-person interactions. Unless they were famous, you heard about them in tabloids, interviews, etc. But now, with our social platforms, we got people's Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, etc. We even got their LinkedIn's. And so, what you've heard about them is more vast. It's online, it's through gossip. And on top of that, you also have what you've experienced firsthand with them. And how we interact with each other is important. We are a eusocial species. This is a term I learned in personality psych. We thrive off of complex social organization and interactions. I read a book called Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari back in 2020. I highly recommend this book as well. It's thick, but it takes you through human history and how we work the way that we do. But one of the things he talks about is social cooperation as key for survival and for reproduction. And the way that we're able to cooperate socially is by exchanging information with each other about each other. In fact, our languages evolved as a way of gossiping. We can establish so many relationships with so many people. He has this one example. He says there's a band of 50 individuals, and within those 50 individuals, there are 1,225 one-on-one relationships that exist within it. I used to love math. I can't tell you if that's a permutation or combination, leaning towards combination, but I could be wrong. But still, isn't that crazy? We're going from 50 people to 1,225 relationships that exist there and we all individually know more than 50 people so i find that crazy dunbar defines gossip as an exchange of information about characteristics and behaviors of an absent person for homo sapiens gossip helped us form larger and more stable bands it also increased our adherence to norms how does this work When we hear information about how others behave, other people's interactions inform us about how we should be moving through the world. Now, obviously, we're not in our hunter-gatherer times. Gossip has served several other purposes over the years. Research has shown that people engage in gossip for a number of reasons, including bonding with their group members, entertaining themselves, exchanging information, venting their emotions, and maintaining social order. There was a study by Hartung and colleagues in 2019 where they described six distinct motives for why we gossip. Validating information is one, gathering information, building relationships, protecting oneself or others, social enjoyment, and negative influence. They found that of these six motives, the most important motive for most people is validating information about the gossip target or the person that we're talking about, followed closely by trying to acquire new information about this person. So in general, our motives are mainly about trying to figure people out, try to understand how they move, and consequently how we should move with them. They found the least important motive was harming the target of the gossip. Because TBH, that would be bullying. (laughs) But... Do targets of gossip still get harmed even when it's not intentional? Of course, this happens. Nevertheless, what this research tells me at least is that we don't always set out when we're talking about other people to hurt people's feelings. And it's an important note. We gossip all the time and gossip is not always negative. For instance, if I say, 
Fulana did an incredible job on that painting. Or Fulano is throwing a surprise party for his sister. Or, oh my goodness, that shorty is so sweet, she's so talented. These are all examples of us sharing information about each other in the person's absence. But gossip can be harmless, it can be positive, and or it can be constructive. I'm going to revisit that point. But when it comes to being a hater, let's first define hater. A hater can be defined as someone with intense dislike for another person, entity, or group, or a negative or critical person. Me personally, I think those definitions are two very different things. I think there's a distinct difference between being a hater versus expressing criticism. I think the term hater is thrown around a lot and with great frequency, and I think it's in response to this toxic positivity that floats around on social media. I think it's also because there are so many influencers who have this mentality that anyone who doesn't agree with me or expresses some type of feedback or concern is just a bully. They're just a hater. They're just preying on my downfall. I don't think this is true. For instance, there are fans of artists who don't like new stuff that their favorite artists put out, but that doesn't stop them from loving that artist. It's just them expressing their opinion and the feedback that they have. And I understand where some of this toxic positivity comes from. I think there are people who are enabled by the fact that there's anonymity on social media and because it exacerbates how much people are reminded of how much they measure up to each other. But I will say I don't think it's fair to say that anybody who expresses feedback or isn't full of positivity, light love, live, laugh, love are haters. To me, a hater is someone who is unjustly being negative, hateful, or spiteful. They're gossiping or saying things with the intention of hurting people. I do not think it is expressing criticism thoughtfully. I think it is okay to express dislike for something, concerns with something, or feedback for something, but this needs to be done thoughtfully, and you have to assess why you need to share your dislike for something and who it's going to impact. Overall, I think when people say, I'm a hater, I love to be a hater, I think they're trying to say, I like to express critique, I like to be honest. I think that's valid. What I don't like is someone like, I'm a hater, I love to be a hater, oh my god, that woman is so ugly, oh my god, that person's so stupid, that person has terrible style, haha, I'm a hater. Like, come on, like, you're just being annoying. (laughs) I think it's important to say... I don't agree with certain things. I like different things. Let's talk about why we differ. But when we do verbalize dislike or criticism, again, we just gotta ask ourselves why. When do we have to verbalize dislike? Sometimes I think it's completely unnecessary. Like if I see a cute video of a baby who's eating and laughing, there's gonna be mad comments saying that baby's so cute. And then there's one like, that baby's ugly as hell. Now you might've laughed at that. Even me saying it like that made me laugh, but it's not the content itself. It's like this quick juxtaposition of something so beautiful and something so hateful that's funny. We find things that are completely distinct from each other funny, but nevertheless, I'm not going to pretend I don't laugh at certain things, even things that are not entirely nice. But I do think there's something that makes me go, what made that person go out of their way to comment something like that? What are they trying to compensate for? That's where my mind goes. And I don't think everything has the same weight. For instance, if a parent were to comment under that video of a cute baby eating and laughing saying, careful, that baby can choke, I don't think that's hating. I think that's them opening up a dialogue, but there are people who are going to be like, why are you hating? Why can't you just enjoy things? You know, it kind of goes in a different direction there. But again, that's expressing feedback. That's expressing concern. That is not the equivalent of that baby's ugly, you know? I think a lot of people look at criticism like attack, and it doesn't have to be. 
We have to admit, life without any kind of nuance is so boring. We wouldn't have the variety of things we have right now to engage with. Different art, different music genres, movies, mediums of expression. I think of Letterboxd, which is one of my favorite social media platforms. Follow me if you like, it's Deja, D-A-I-J-H. I love the fact that the intention of that platform is to log and share your thoughts. I'm not going to agree with everyone's review, and they certainly aren't going to agree with mine. We don't have to agree. I think there is beauty in disagreement. In my films committee, when we meet up, I kind of love when we all get together and someone's like, oh my god, I love that movie, and someone's like, ooh, that was not a good movie to me. That's intriguing. There's beauty in disagreement, but we have such a hard time disagreeing in person and we have such a hard time getting through any kind of conflict. It's so easy to do online. People are so vitriolic on apps. I think, like I said, it's for a number of different reasons. It's easier to write a paragraph up than speak and see someone's reaction in person. But then it becomes so dramatic to have differing opinions, whether it's in a class, whether it's in a meeting. What ends up happening is it leads to gossip in a negative way. It becomes, oh my god, they were so overbearing. Actually, I didn't really understand their point, so I'm just going to reduce everything they said to they were annoying and overbearing because they disagreed with me. I think that's very counterintuitive because if people are coming together, we should be able to exchange our thoughts. We should be able to say, that's fair, I disagree because of X, Y, and Z, and try to find some type of common ground, or just revel in the fact that you disagree. I also think we have to acknowledge no one is always right. There is no way to be perfectly objective when it comes to opinions. We are coming from different life experiences. We are coming from different ways of thinking. And the more you say no to that, the more you shut yourself out from all the other things that you, all the other perspectives you can take. We're all going to be wrong about things. We're all going to have opinions that are not in the majority. We shouldn't bully people who don't share opinions. Bro, I hate big fandoms. I'm not going to lie. I really do. And that could be a whole separate podcast episode. But notice when people try to make their opinions objective. That is an oxymoron. Because nothing can be objective unless it's science. And that's another podcast episode. But think about that. I also think we need to be more comfortable with reflective skepticism. Which is to say that we don't have to buy everything that's being sold to us, whether that's online or in person. It's okay to say, actually, I don't agree. Actually, I don't understand that. And that should not always be interpreted as hate. The more that we allow for healthy disagreement and welcome feedback, the more we are able to effectively communicate with one another. There's intention behind this. The problem is people don't know how to give or receive feedback. So if someone gives really thoughtful commentary, it should not be interpreted as an attack. And it's hard. I can imagine this things. I know that it's things sometimes for me, and then I gotta step out of it and be like, relax. This is a comment on your ability to do XYZ. This is not a comment on your identity. I had a hard time, I'm bringing it back to acting, the first couple months because acting is very much intertwined with who you are as a person. So when I'd get feedback on my performance, I'd be like, what you talking about? Huh? Nah, 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 couldn't be me. That became a problem because I wasn't growing. I wasn't able to explore. And so I pushed myself and my friends to be okay with feedback as long as it's not given rudely or with the intention of hurting them. We have to be okay with feedback because it creates stronger social connections. It encourages candor. We learn how to communicate. We become better at what we do. And it facilitates a growth mindset. It's not, I am stuck here, I can't do anything about it, or I'm stuck here and I'm perfect. It's, I can grow. And not everything you receive in terms of feedback needs to be applied. You could take something with a grain of salt and say, eh, I'm not using that right now, and move on. Now that is what I call thoughtful criticism, not to be confused with quote-unquote brutal honesty. Saying things to be hateful, spiteful, in the name of being honest, 
is stupid. Criticism and so-called honesty cannot be used as justification to say hateful things that are uncalled for. Unless your goal is to hurt someone's feelings, which in and of itself needs to be figured out, nothing you say will be received. So why bother? Saying brutally honest, saying, okay, I'm just going to be brutally honest, is really someone just cushioning the blow against themselves because they know they look ugly saying ugly things. As a psych major, and I, I encourage you to take a shot every time I say that when you listen to my podcast episodes, I'm very curious about the reasons we unjustly hate on things, whether it's conscious or completely unbeknownst to us. We all do this. Some of the things I found in my research is that, for one, people might feel envy for what the other person has. In line with this envy, they might believe them to be inferior. So if you create your own social reality, you think that someone has something you lack, and you think they don't deserve it. Whether it's attention, talent, charisma, intelligence. (laughs) I almost said charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Shout out RuPaul. You might hate on them. You might think, why are they getting that? They don't deserve that. Another reason is we just have contempt for that person, or we learned hatred from our community. Another reason is that we feel powerless or we feel insecure, so we try to retaliate by creating this name for this person who made you feel some type of way. Even if it was not directed towards you, you might feel some type of way and interpret things this way. I have an example from high school. I had a history teacher who I loved. She was very tough, she wasn't rude, but she had very clear expectations and she always pushed us to be better critical thinkers. Someone in my class did not like how tough she was. The student wasn't, you know, scoring well, or if she said something, the teacher would push back, but she did that with everybody. But this girl couldn't handle it. So she would come out of class and she wouldn't stop talking about how much she hated this teacher. And she was telling me this once and I was like, is it possible you're upset with her because you don't like how you're performing? And she just stayed quiet. And of course she got upset with me for saying that, but I was just keeping it a buck. I love, I mean, maybe this was just me, but I love teachers who push me because I grow from that. And if they're not being rude, they're just keeping it 100 with you. I don't see the issue. But again, this is a moment where she probably felt like powerless or she felt a little insecure and it came out that way. And these feelings aren't always conscious. Sometimes we do things because we don't examine how and why we behave in certain ways. Like I said, I don't think anyone is exempt from this. You ever dislike someone, you don't really know why, you just know you do? I have, and I gotta tell you, most of the time I'm wrong. (laughs) Most of the time I'm either projecting something or I'm reading an interaction that happened once and I'm like, oh no, 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 this person, nah, nah, nah. Now psychology says that mean people are spiteful, they're hurtful, they're egocentric, emotionally insensitive, they lack affection. Some people lie, they're like, I'm proud of this, I love that I'm a, I love that about myself. I think they say that for laughs or for attention, especially when it's online, but I really don't think a majority of us are like this, but a majority of us do act in mean ways. And I do think that social media, it's become more and more callous and brutally honest, quote unquote. So we have to be a little bit more aware of where things are coming from. Now, there are other circumstances when we hate things for, I think, reasons that are justified. Like if someone humiliates or mistreats you or treats you unfairly, or if you see someone treat other people terribly, or you know they've done terrible things, you dislike how this person treats people and moves through the world. I think those are valid reasons to dislike and want to distance yourself from somebody. It does become a little tricky when people create their own narratives about how they're treated because interactions can be interpreted in so many different ways in different contexts. Were they really giving you the side eye or were they just looking for their class? It's about the consistency of their behavior. If you feel like you're consistently seeing things that you really don't like, then you got to step back and be like, all right, this person's not for me. But notice when you are imposing your own narrative onto things. I will say that if your dislike impacts how you treat them, you should be able to say it to their face. 
That's just me personally. I don't believe in this whole passive-aggressive gossip, everyone knows I don't like you before you know. I think it's very disingenuous. Unless they've done something egregious and you don't think they're even worth your time or worth interacting with you, that's a whole different story. I think about the little mini Hollywood that the Northwestern theater community sometimes fosters. Think about it, you know, it's a small theater community. You're working intimately with others, especially if it's a student-run production. Everyone's all hands on deck. This is 20 plus hours a week. So it does sometimes form little gossip trains. Sometimes it's positive. It bonds people. Sometimes it provides spaces to vent, even though what's being said might not always be positive. It informs people about each other. And it's not always meant to hurt, but it can hurt people, especially when information is spread carelessly. And I think that's what sometimes forms a little bit of the clickiness and a little bit of separation and distance within the community. What I really respect is if a rumor is about to be spread and someone goes, where did you hear that? Because that's not what I heard. That's not what I experienced. It shuts people up and it stops them in their tracks. It makes them question, why did I just say that? I've been in that circumstance before. I'm like, wait a minute, you right. Where did I hear that from? So with that and other things, what should we do to make sure that what we're doing is not harmful and not being hateful? For one, I think it's important to be cautious to avoid playing telephone. Stop yourself. Secondly, I think it's important to think critically about your interactions with people. Did they really roll their eyes at me or did they have something stuck in their eye and they were looking up to get it out of their eye? (laughs) Another thing, ask, what am I doing this for? Doing this as in gossiping? expressing dislike. What's the instinct? Think about where that's going. There are so many times I come home from a long day and my roommate and I just vent about things that have upset us. And I know it's not going anywhere. It's between us. And I know I'm going to get over it. It's not going to impact how I treat that person. I just needed to express some type of frustration. And I think we also hold each other accountable. Did, Did she really say it like that or do you think she meant it some other way? Another important thing is we got to understand that information is going to exist about us regardless of whether or not we want it to or whether or not it's true. You exist in other people's minds in so many different ways. I'm telling you to try to avoid spreading misinformation about other people. So trying to push back on that or trying to retaliate or trying to get behind something that's spreading or get ahead of it, I should say, it's not really going to be fruitful and it's not worth your time. Another thing is strive to encounter other people's thoughts. Whether they agree with you or disagree with you, just try to open up channels of communication. And be more comfortable being honest in thoughtful ways because in that way you're honoring yourself. I read a quote from Bell Hooks. She was talking specifically about why women traditionally gossip more than men, but I think it applies to everyone. The principle is that men are so comfortable speaking so openly, women couldn't for so long. She says, Often, rather than asserting what they think at the appropriate moment, women say what they think will please the listener. Later they gossip, stating at that moment their true thoughts. This division between a false self invented to please others and a more authentic self need not exist when we cultivate positive self-esteem. With that quote, I keep thinking, interrogate why I'm not comfortable being 100% honest. Why do I exist saying different things in different environments? We also gotta stop being so scared of disagreement. I'm thinking of this TikToker, Michelle Skidelsky. I don't have TikTok, but I've seen her videos on Instagram. And she talks a lot about what we owe each other. And she says it's politeness, It's basic decency. We're very callous online, but we wouldn't be doing this in person. And so sometimes you should be doing something because it's the nice thing to do. And the whole idea of I don't owe anybody anything, I don't have to be nice to anybody who's not nice to me immediately first, that's a very hyper-individual standpoint. And we cannot survive unless we know how to cooperate. I also don't think that honesty trumps everything. Because if you're just being honest for the sake of hurting another person, you're a bad person. doesn't matter that you're honest, you're a bad person. 
So with all of that, I also think it's important to extend the benefit of the doubt. Unless this person has done some very harmful things that they haven't taken accountability for, try to understand at the end of the day, they're still human and you're still human. This whole episode is a call to be human and to strive to be better versions of ourselves. We have to stop acting like we aren't going to mess up in one way or another. And I also find that active, ongoing hostility often uses up significant emotional energy. Like sometimes I'm mad at someone and I am see them and I'm like, it's... So exhausting keeping up being mad at you. I'd rather smile at you. I'd rather joke with you about something right now. Unless, like I said, it's something very important that they haven't addressed. If it's something silly, that's when I'm like, is it worth my time and energy? Again, I'm not gonna pretend I don't like people. I'm not gonna pretend that I haven't acted in ways that were unjustly mean. For instance, I have a strong aversion to corny people. And then I ask myself, why? And I'm like, okay, Deja, it's because it feels so inauthentic. That person, it feels like they're forcing something that's not true to them. And that's why I'm like, ugh. But then I tell myself, you know what? There's a reality where this person hasn't really found themselves yet. Maybe they feel a little uncomfortable, so they're trying to overcompensate. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Also understanding that we operate in a world that is built on illusion. So in that way, also, we have to look at things through that lens. Another thing I don't like, musicals, musical theater culture. I know I'm a theater major, isn't that crazy? But I still give things a chance. I watched La La Land. I enjoyed it. It was all right. Not my favorite movie, but it was cool. I really loved Phantom of the Opera growing up. I still really enjoy it. And I really liked when Northwestern put on Into the Woods. I thought that was fire. So I'm not going to let this negativity carry through in other interactions or how I approach other things. I think it's perfectly normal to dislike things. You don't have to love everybody. You're allowed to express dislike. You're allowed to express criticism. But I also firmly believe in letting people rock, especially if they aren't harming you or others. If they're not infringing on your ability to do what you want, let people rock. To me, being a hater in that capacity reflects a lot of insecurity or feelings of inadequacy. Inadequacy. That sounds so wrong, but I think it's inadequacy. And I think being a hater in that capacity is very frustrating and very unattractive. I've stopped loved ones, I've stopped friends from keeping on with that. Oh my god, they look so funny. I'm like, just let them rock. Again, I just want us to be better humans and I want us to understand our motivations more. You know, we don't really question why we behave the way we behave because these things are so inherent so we feel like we don't need to, but I think we do. When you find that you want to gossip in a negative light, ask yourself, am I just trying to vent? If so, who is my audience? Where is this going to travel to? What do I want to express? And do I just want to feel like I have power over others? Not trying to be pedantic about it. I just think it's important to inquire about it. So that's all I have for this episode. I thank you so much for sticking around, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye!